Hello and welcome. This is Perspective for Parents. My name is Nick Thompson, and this is a podcast for parents of adolescents. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Will you join me in my campaign to make this a one-screen spring? Will you and your family consider making this season a reason to get into a healthier and more balanced relationship with screens and social media? I hope the answer is yes. And if it is, please join me in making this a one-screen spring. Sorry about that. It's been a while since I busted out that voice. Okay, so on this podcast, I've talked about the importance of creating a family media plan a few times before. And there's a great resource for this family media plan on healthychildren.org. It's such a great resource. And if you haven't checked it out already, a link for it will be in the show notes. Okay, but when I talk to families about creating a family media plan, what I'm doing is I'm usually focusing on three big parts of this plan. And those are having screen-free zones within your home. Second, deciding on and selecting screen-free activities for your family. And finally, having a screen curfew within your home for all members of the family. But in addition to all that, to keep screen usage in check, I think it's a good idea to set an expectation within your home that each member of the family only use one screen at a time. Maybe you can try this out in the next few months, see if it's helpful. So this one screen screen campaign thing idea, well, it came not too long ago when I was sitting on the couch. Okay, so let me try to paint this picture. So there I was sitting on the couch. And I had my big screen TV on, and on it was the Nuggets basketball game with the volume turned all the way off. And at the same time, on the coffee table, I had my laptop open, and I was playing a YouTube video of Alan Watts, driving some knowledge with the volume up. Simultaneously, I had in my hand my iPhone. And on that little guy, I was playing a mini golf putt-putt type game. And with all that going on, I realized in that moment that I was feeling bored, very bored. And that's when I had this realization. And I thought to myself, and I actually said this out loud, how many screens, how many things, how much stimuli do I actually need in order to be entertained? I sat there and I looked at and I just took in the absurdity of the moment and recognized and understood in that moment that more screens was not the answer. It was not that I needed more screens or even more quality in terms of what was on the screens. Because when I think about it, the basketball game was a good one. It was a close game in the fourth quarter. And I usually love watching basketball. The YouTube video that was playing on my laptop, it was a video of Alan Watts that I hadn't seen before. And I love taking in the teachings of Mr. Watts. And finally, the putt-putt game that I was playing on my iPhone had nearly a perfect five-star rating on the App Store with over 200,000 reviews. So what in the world was going on? Well, my boredom, my disengagement, this was an indication that I didn't need more screens or more entertaining media. Instead, what I needed to do is to reset. I had to reduce the amount of screens, the amount of things, the amount of entertainment that is required for me to feel engaged, to be entertained. So the answer The remedy was not, is not, more. The answer is less. 
in addition to spending less time with screens. I also realized that when I was using screens, it would be best to use a screen, singular screen usage, because each of those three screens I mentioned, individually, they should have been providing enough stimulation, engagement, and entertainment for me on their own. But their combined efforts, they left me feeling uninterested, inattentive, bored, blasé. For so many of us, screens have become the most significant reason why our attention spans have become so, so very short. And for most people, the biggest offender, the main culprit to our diminishing and disappearing attention spans is that of the smallest screen. Yep, it's our phones. Those amazing phones, those little screens, they provide a consistent or constant little dosage, little drip or hit of dopamine. They give us this little hit when we play a game, watch videos, or endlessly scroll through our social media. And because dopamine, that important chemical messenger, because it is so highly influential when it comes to our mood, our attention, our feelings of motivation and reward, because of this, anything that gives us a consistent and easy-to-access hit of dopamine, that thing, or in this case, the screen that provides us this, will be difficult to use in moderation. I share all that to say that a one-screen spring will involve doing something that is a hard habit to break, which is for you or your family, hopefully, to not use your phone while watching Netflix, a game, a movie, on your TV, or while using a laptop or tablet for something, which is why a one-screen spring will be a much easier effort, a more uh, obtainable endeavor if you remove the distraction, which usually is removing your phone from the equation, removing it from the environment. You may say, which many people do say and try to attempt, you know, I'll just put my phone on silent or even better, airplane mode, which is good. It's not that bad of an idea. But what most people will find who have a more impulsive, attached, uh, dare I say, addictive relationship with their phone, by them just having their phone within reach and sometimes just having it in the room, this will make it significantly more difficult to stay engaged with something else, whether that something be another screen or another person. So just an idea. If you want to take on this one screen spring thing, it may be best to not lean on and try to use the limited resource known as willpower. It actually may be best to remove the temptation. And that means keeping your phone in an entirely different room or area of the house. And if you decide to do that with some repetition, the old adage of out of sight, out of mind, that may actually come true. Using several screens simultaneously, or what some people call multi-screening, this is an issue for so many people of all ages but it does seem to be more prevalent with younger generations. A recent study showed that over half of 18 to 24-year-olds use a second screen while watching TV. And the study that I found, it, it didn't provide the stats for those under the age of 18, but I'm guessing for those of that age who have a phone, the numbers would be similar. Maybe the same, maybe a bit higher. And when thinking about this past school year and its impact on our youth and screen usage, most students have had to use their laptops for their remote or hybrid learning and then continue to use those laptops to study or do their homework. And all the while, for many of them, their phones have been in the room, on the desk, or maybe even in their hand. 
So this one screen spring thing, it may be a drastic and difficult thing to get used to, but I'm of the opinion that the effort is worth it. In general, I believe that any effort that a family makes on reducing the amount of time that they spend on screens or limiting the screens they use at any given time, any and all of those efforts are worthwhile. We know from the research that there are many benefits for our youth when they cut back on screen time. Improved sleep, better grades, lower BMI, and being less aggressive are just a few of those research-backed benefits. However, there isn't a massive amount of research yet on multi-screening. But one recent survey showed that people who use their phone while watching a TV show, those people experience fewer positive emotions and actually enjoyed the TV show much less. So that's one little thing you can add to the motivational file if you're open to joining this one-screen spring thing. And before I forget it, here's a next-level idea about how someone can avoid the temptation of being on their phone too much. It's called a gossip bench. From Wikipedia, a gossip bench is a piece of furniture that includes a chair with an attached side table on one end. Gossip benches, also called telephone tables, became popular shortly after the telephone was invented in 1876. They were most popular between the 1930s and the 1950s. The gossip bench began as like a chair and shelf for the telephone, which was then a very large and cumbersome non-portable object. And the gossip bench was usually located in the hallway of the home. Okay, so the idea is to get one of these gossip benches or make a quasi-version of one yourself. All that is required, really, when you think about it, is a, a chair and a little side table next to it. But the idea is to have one of these gossip benches in your house. And when you come home, you plug your phone into a charger. And that charger's kept right next to the gossip bench, plugged in there. And you put your phone on that little side table. And you keep it there. Yeah, you keep it there. And it can help to imagine that the charging cord that that thing cannot be disconnected from your phone while at home. And then when you want to make a call, send a text, maybe check your email, use social media, or who knows, play a mini golf putt-putt game on your phone. When you want to do any of those things, you have to walk over and go sit on that gossip bench to do those things. Just an idea, a gossip bench to keep this a one-screen spring. Just throwing out ideas here. But I do like thinking of and sharing any and all ideas that can help a person, a parent, or hopefully a family to get in a more balanced and healthy relationship with their screens. So in closing, if you would like to join this one screen spring thing, give it a shot. When you're watching TV, watch TV. If you're on your laptop, be on your laptop. And when using your phone, use your phone and your phone alone. And who knows, maybe even leave that phone in your home all alone and gather up the family for a screen-free family walk on one of these nice spring afternoons or evenings. Thank you for listening. If you found this podcast useful, please subscribe, rate, review, and share with a friend. If you would like to find more information about this podcast or my upcoming presentations, please check out my website, perspectiveforparents.com. Spelled out, that's perspective, 
the number four parents.com. Thanks again.